Christina, you um, so the the part of you that goes to work every day, right? That your work personality. Who is that inspired by? Like who in your life um, sort of made you working, Christina? Oh, my dad. Your dad? Yeah. Yeah. What what, what did your dad do? Uh, well, he is in public finance. That's a bit boring. <laughs> um, so he basically helps cities raise money for projects like schools and roads and things like that. Nice. But the thing is, my dad's personality is someone who is always productive. Yeah. He's always a gunner, and I think I was really raised with that. How about you? I think you know a combination of my dad and my mom. Uh, I think because my dad was uh, one of those that he was like, if he loved something, he wouldn't sort of like he would make sure that he saw it to its completion. Mm. My mom is the EP or used to be the EP for Fireworks Films, which uh, is a show that uh, was is a production company that produced uh, this TV show called CID, which is one of the longest running TV shows in India, and. Um, and i mean she's now 67 she's 67 she's and i was like you know it's a great time to retire you now have a son with a grand, you know the child you can go to america and spend time with your grandkids and she's like are you nuts are you fucking nuts i was like why 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 she's like i am not retiring retiring and all she's like what what do retired people do in india just sit around discussing flowers blue flowers white flowers she's like i don't she's like the moment i know the moment i have some free time the aches and pains are going to set in hmm. i'm going to be like oh this hurts and that so my mother at the age of 67 in fact this morning she left the house before me as she does every morning uh she manages a couple of studios on the outskirts of bombay hmm. and so she goes every morning at 7 o'clock and comes back at you know whatever 8:39 in the night Uh, at the age of sixty-seven, hmm. um, and she's like, and I asked her, I said, "Mummy, you know, is this because it's a, a newish job compared to the other one?" She's like, "Aditi, I'm not working for the salary at sixty-seven. Yeah, I'm working because I want to work. Yeah, um, and I've almost seen her use it as a lifeline. Sure, um, you know, and so I think I, mine is a combination of both of them. Where to me, work um, is a, is a lifeline uh, for my like sense of purpose and. Uh, and then in terms of attitude like if i love something you know what i'll do it for free like yeah. don't put this out there please <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah it's a combination of the both of them yeah my dad recently so he is at the age where he is beyond mandatory retirement age and uh my mom has been trying to get my dad to retire for years mm-hmm. uh and my mom also she worked her entire life um but she's been trying to get my dad to retire for years and uh he finally put in his 2 year notice yeah. right he put in his 2 years notice and the, but the last time i was at home visiting them he uh he looked at me and he was like christina come here and i was like okay what's up dad he's like don't tell your mother but i'm thinking about not retiring <laughs> <laughs> like it was this uh it was this secret that he didn't he was too scared to tell her <laughs> <laughs> he's like but he's secretly contemplating, you know, not retiring. <laughs> His entire that's amazing. And so my dad, you know, he my family originally like after the partition, uh they moved to Jalandhar which is in Punjab. And so at that point in time my dad was a uh salesman for Johnson and Johnson. Yeah. So he used to cover the like Rajasthan, Gujarat and Maharashtra. He used to go sell Q-tips and uh baby soap. Mm. Uh, which was like it had just come out. Baby soap was like a hot thing. Like oh my god, a separate soap for babies? <laughs> What's going on? Are they specially dirty? Um, and so my dad was doing that, and he, you know, I think 
in terms of like in a in a sales job because he was in sales most of his life he really did have what is known as the hustle yeah right because you have to go out there you have to convince people that they want you have something that they want or they need at that point in time they didn't have like extensive distribution networks so it was a salesperson would go and individually deliver the soap and you know the q tips and stuff like that what does hustling mean to you hustling to me means that you're not only grabbing all of the lifelines available to you in every direction it also means that you are creating new lines nice just out of sheer ingenuity yeah you know that you are constantly creating opportunity for yourself. Yeah. You're not just taking the lifelines that are available. Yeah. But you're making new lines. You know that's so cool. I remember in my first job out of university, I I uh wanted to I got a job at this foundation and they made audio documentaries and video documentaries for which for PBS which is like uh BBC in the US. Yeah, the public broadcasting system. Yeah, public broadcasting system and I really wanted to do video, but I had no training in video. Like I went to a school where we didn't there wasn't like a broadcast program or anything like that. And so when I went in for my interview, they were looking for a young person to do the online video reporting. Mhm. And they asked me, "So do you know how to do video? Like do you know how to edit and shoot and all of these kind of things?" And I had no idea. I had no idea and I said, "Yeah. I can do all of it." And then what I would do is I would work during the day and I taught myself at night how to edit, how to do post production. Yeah. And then at every shoot my rule was that I would mess up one less thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> that like if I could at every shoot That's mess up That's a really good like hustling lesson. Yeah, like let me make one less technical error today. Yeah. And by the time I've been doing it a certain number of days, I'll have narrowed, you know, I'll have like made progress and I just hustled it and that's how I learned. That's really cool. Yeah. And actually you know what I like and I do I think you know of of the conventional uh, narrative around the word hustle um always sort of like I th- I think we've heard a lot of this, the the times when like I've heard lots of men hustling, right? Uh so the the ways of hustling then tend to get more masculinized sure. or what is conf- uh, con- sort of described as hustling tends to be more masculine. Uh and so to me actually what is fascinating is the hustle that women do. Yeah. Right? What are the tools available to us um in the ecosystems that we are in and how can we use them? And so You know I think I'm I'm very very keen to hear about the stories of hustle and our guest today is Oscar award winning uh, producer Guneet Monga uh, Guneet is the founder of Sikhya Films which has produced several um you know excellent movies like Masan uh like Lunchbox like um Period End of the Sentence uh, Period End of the Sentence uh for which you know they won the Oscar um and we are thrilled and one of the things that we've we're very keen to explore with uh guneet is the story of her hustle so uh take it away guneet guneet is also the og of hustling <laughs> you really think that i do that's awesome <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> So Guni thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you guys for having me over. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. <laughs> we are so excited to have you. And actually Guni has been a wonderful mentor to the podcast which we really appreciate. Back when we first started talking uh and I was reading more of your interviews and things that you had said and you talked about when you first started out how you used to dye your hair white and dress in saris. 
I just want to say that since I read that about you, I've stopped dyeing my gray hairs that coming that have come in because oh of reading your thing about how it helped you in your career. Yeah, I think um, as a country we are ageist, so I used to like dress up in sarees and be like super quiet in meetings, text my opinion to my male colleagues. There have been times when I, I was taking pride in looking older and people used to ask me how old are you and my reply used to be a guess <laughs> you know yeah. it's so interesting never that claim it yeah, just guess. and they would say late 30s 40s I was like perfect I used to be 26 <laughs> As like mission accomplished. That's you know that's so interesting yeah. that you say that because um, you know from from in in general right um, youth is always prized, yeah. especially when it comes to women. But you're saying the opposite. You know, always really straightforward, always meant business, always just really this person who um, just wanted my work to be done. But because you're young and you're judged, you know, because yeah. also the business, the profession I'm in, which is a producer. And I don't come from any film family or don't come from a family of wealth. I come from a super humble family. Um, m- you know, like, you know, middle class and we lived on rent, my parents and me, for like $100 or 5,000, 6,000 rupees in Delhi, in outskirts of Delhi. So it's always been very hard, you know, till date, I think. I mean, it's gotten better over the last one year, but... Till date, people ask me, so what will you do, you know? Because here all actors are producers and all directors are producers or wealthy people are producers, builders and, you know, diamond merchants and film family. <laughs> You're saying everyone's a producer except Everyone. actual producers? <laughs> yeah. Everyone is a producer. So I'm just like, you too, you too. And what did your what did your folks do when you say I'm not from a f- film family? What did your what did my your folks do? My mom was a housewife and my dad was a property consultant. But I think he's also been a serial entrepreneur. Um, he had a tent house business. Had I think kept changing businesses. Just a hustler. I think he was a huge huge hustler. Is to make things work. So yeah, but uh, yeah, we were basic middle class family. But I've been the only child, so very, very pampered by them and always been told that there's nothing you can't do and been brought up like, you know, you can go to the moon, you can... My dad genuinely wanted me to go for the Himalayan rally as a rally driver. <laughs> He's like, so, go to the moon or just get as close as you can. Yeah. <laughs> just like, I was like, it's dangerous. You can do it. So, yeah. That sounds awesome. Though. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I could do it with some blind faith in my life. Yeah. <laughs> just... I had a lot of blind faith. So how did you, when you were growing up, how did you first get this idea into your mind that this is what you wanted to do? So my best friend, uh, Prina Segal, her mom, Anarita Segal, was um, a production coordinator in international movies in Delhi. And uh, I was like the coffee girl like interns intern I would just hang out with her I had access to her I loved the space that she worked in I loved how equal everyone was I think I started on with projects where interns were celebrated oh really tell me more about that yeah like a lot of international films like my first was Valley of Flowers and it uh, was a German co-production 
and shot in Ladakh. So, but the production base was in Delhi. Hmm. Um, and there it was like, okay, we have interns, you know. So we used to be. <laughs> so and they were and, overjoyed at the labor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, yes, give me work. You know, people are talking, and they treat you as an equal. They treat you well. I think the love of it started with. I know this sounds random, but love of showing up in that office started with really colorful stationery. <laughs> which wow. was love which, of colorful stationery. Yeah, which was not available in India, and because these were international films, but <laughs> I just really like loved the pinks and blues and green paper that they had. An abundance of it, you know, puri almari bhari hoti thi, and I was like, really, I can take anything. Allah, I want to be here, you know. So I think that is how I was, fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, you you're know? saying that like your love for post-its got you an Oscar at some point. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, well, I suppose for each of us, our career tip-off is different. Yeah, <laughs> I can't tell you the the super middle-class life I've had. You know, like I just loved that. I just loved that, and it was like I want to come here every day. You know, and yeah, it was cool. I'm picturing you like, uh, like my precious. Yeah, I used to like. <laughs> With I remember now. I have, I have uh, visions of just opening the almirah and standing there for like ten minutes, just staring and taking in, yeah, like pens, everything beautifully organized. Yeah, and I used to keep organizing it better, and there was no restriction. Hmm. You know, no like, meaning like you can only have one. No, you could just take. Yeah, you take out the whole yeah, bag and then you use one it. second. I started a business from free stationery. Okay, so what? what? So my best friend and I, we used to glass paint uh, transparencies, go to a binding guy, and make like pink and blue diaries with glass painted transparencies on it, and then <laughs> sell them. Wow. Really? Because I had free stationery, and yeah. I did not pay for raw material. <laughs> this was this is during the film. <laughs> great! The this return like, on this no is, investment. This is like side hustle <laughs> because I had access to free paper. And it's like let's sell. <laughs> <laughs> That's you know. Here's my question: the hustle. What what has been? What has that been like for you? And when did you sort of realize that you had it in you, or is it just innate? How, what is this? What's your relationship with the hustle? I think um, I was born in a. I'm going a bit backwards. So I was born in a big house, um, big GK two house, and I think there was just my mother was treated very badly, and by 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 her um, in laws, and I saw a lot of violence, like aggressive violence, and. Uh, a lot of abuses. We ran out of that house when I was 12 years old on one night and started life again in corner of Delhi in like identical buildings in one small apartment, uh, almost like in Surajkund in Haryana in Faridabad. You know, so it was a huge shock for my parents. And I think that night I just grew up. And what happened that night? Can you walk us through it? So that night was just my dad. I remember had ordered two two trucks of police as protection for us. There was two trucks of police outside, and there was a huge war of abuses, uh, which was regular at home, which is just day to day life. Mm-hmm. 
we were in a big house but i was confined to one room hmm. because that was that one room was where i and my parents were allowed in larger scheme of things i think it was property wars and uh, that night i remember i mean my mom was always almost being burnt and uh, by what your in-laws my mom mom's uh, it's very hard to they're still alive so it's very hard to just you know uh, but it's so many years ago uh, but yeah there was and they were pulling me towards them because they were like we will not let her go isko chhod jao yahan i was crying i was like i want to go with my parents and uh, we just ran you know we ran out of a house where we i was born and to have a life where there was just peace you know and there was no war every morning and you didn't wake up to uh, abuses hindi punjabi abuses and um so so that night i just was like i'm going to buy this house for my parents you know screw that so that's where it started you know whatever it took by 12 year old i just wanted to i wanted to quickly finish my studies i wanted to learn everything that there is and get to work so as i was 15 years old or something i think i was the hustle had started the hustle of making money you know the hustle of um buying my parents a house i think they also just wanted to be back to their social status and uh, and i wanted to bring that back to their life so i was selling laughing cow cheese i became a dj i became an insurance agent you know even when i was like hustling and selling laughing cow cheese on streets i was like if i get more people from my college to sell do i get a commission on that also you know and i was cracking deals and i was then inspiring kids uh, my my friends we used to get 400 rupees an hour and we used to do that for 5 hours 6 hours and then i used to get a cut from every other person that i had recruited so i've always been somebody building ambition in everybody else's life making everybody around me an entrepreneur you know so it it's it tracked back along um yeah i think the hustle started because i wanted to buy a house for my parents and i did everything that it took what was your dad like extremely loving all my friends will tell you that like he was their best friend yeah, mm-hmm. yeah there was no sense of judgment there was no sense of um extremely fun i used to have like deep conversations with him and say that talk about parenting that you know <laughs> tell him that you're spoiling me can i please tell you you cannot talk to your daughter like this yeah you know can i please tell you there needs to be some restrictions <laughs> you know it's like you go live your life and it's so dramatic he's like he's out of ddlj you know he was that anupam kher from ddlj he's like you just he's literally been that all my life he wanted to teach me driving when i was 2 so i've banked cars at 2 and 3 i remember that maruti 800 but by the time i was 12 13 14 it got very serious by 14 i was driving inside the colony completely doing illegal stuff because why not you know um but so by the time i was 18 i think it's such a big dream for him that i should be driving but he never taught me how to reverse <laughs> 
hey, hey, symbolic. एडिटिंग editing documentaries um actually on gujarat riots um mm. and i was just doing the nights because i'd learned premiere and editing and i was you know in that so um my attendance was low and i remember our principal rounding us up and saying uh, ki tumhe to hum baithne nahi denge so my dad came in like we were 20 of us and everybody was supposed to call their parents no one called my dad happily came in <clears throat> and uh, he's like hi i represent all of them <laughs> and like cut a deal with her in 5 minutes and i was like uh what okay in school <laughs> that's why you got it from gunit and in school i remember my math teacher so my teacher one day came into class because attendance was low math results were poor failing he's like gunit monga stand up call your father i was like yes did not say mother <laughs> You know, he's like, "Yes, sir, come tomorrow." <laughs> Confident in eleventh grade, my dad comes in in the recess, and uh, they have some conversation. And uh, AP Mishra comes back to class and says, "Gunit Monga, stand up." He's like, "Yes, sir. I like your father." I said, uh, "Okay, I don't know what happened." I went back home. He said, "What happened?" He's like, "वो कह रहा था." कि हम बैठने नहीं देंगे नंबर नहीं है पढ़ाई नहीं है आता नहीं है मैथ्स शी इज नॉट अंडरस्टैंडिंग सो आई टोल्ड हिम माय डॉटर इज वेरी इंटेलिजेंट यू हैव टू लर्न हाउ टू गेट अराउंड हर एंड टीच हर शी इज डूइंग सो मच माय डॉटर इज वेरी इंटेलिजेंट सो डोंट से दैट शी इज नॉट लर्निंग ही टर्न द नेरेटिव एंड आई वॉज लाइक वाओ आई पास विद गुड ग्रेड जस्ट बिकॉज ऑफ दैट फेथ Wow. You know? It's incredible to have someone on your side that hard. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so that's my dad. You know, it was like sunshine and star and moon that I was in his life. You know, and it is just awesome to have that. Can you tell us about first moving to Bombay? My best friend Prina and me moved uh, in Gorigaon, one apartment, one BHK. We had one almari, one shelf to her, one shelf to me, and raised some money from a neighbor in Delhi. Um, <laughs> चीनी की बजाय पैसे लेके चली गई या ही टोल्ड मी ही टोल्ड मी वी वी केम फ्रॉम बाय द एज ऑफ ट्वेंटी वी मूव फ्रॉम सूरज कुंड बैक टू कैलाश कॉलोनी ऑन रेंट एंड माय नेबर ऑन द सेकंड फ्लोर वी वर ऑन द थर्ड फ्लोर एक्चुअली वी वर ऑन द सेकंड फ्लोर वी वर ऑन द फर्स्ट फ्लोर सेड दैट यू नो आई हैव अराउंड फिफ्टी सिक्सटी लैक्स एंड आई वॉन्ट टू पुट इन अ स्टूडियो एंड आई वॉन्ट टू मेक क्यूट क्यूट वीडियोज ऑफ बेबीज and because you have studied mass communication you can shoot these videos and then we can sell it to the parents and we can set up a studio and uh, i was like okay i listened to him and i was like it's a very bad idea <laughs> you know he's like why well, i was like 
I'm doing like international films in Delhi. <laughs> I was like, I want to shoot baby videos. You yeah. So, I was like, how much money do you want to spend on it? He's like 50, 60 lines. I was like, I'll give you a film in Bombay. I had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> But I did say it and he did believe me and he gave me that money. And he's like, okay, tell me what film, let's do it. And I set up the first company and uh, came to Bombay in Infinity Mall. I was in... Um, in the food court in infinity mall doing meetings saying mere paas paisa hai aapke paas kahani hai you know by the time i'd raised 75 lakhs um, and i was like mere paas 75 lakh rupees aapke paas kahani hai so yeah that's what that's how i made my first movie and landed you're... in salam india the director also had access to how se- 75 you, lakhs how did you convince people to give you money acha mere ko yahan pe main jitna kaam karti hu mere ko salary lene mein i film like ki koi baat nahi 50 rupees de do anani art Yeah, and you're able to. And I think because because of my dad, I think again goes back to my dad because he was I think uh, in the business of hustling yeah. and convincing people and property, and I think I've had so much exposure in talking to people and convincing them to buy expensive cheese, you know. <laughs> Can you tell us the the story of making Say Salam India and how you were able to distribute it? So we made Say Salam India, which is a children cricket film, and uh, we were putting this together in 2006. hoping that 2007 is the world cup and we are so cool we are you know getting into uh, we will get into the marketing of the world cup and be able to put our movie out there and and you're 21 yes 21 and by 2007 i was 22 and uh, and the indian cricket team is getting ready they are getting houses in sahara they are getting like their just jacket ceremony uh they are getting um huge uh you know awards and you know being celebrated to just go for the world cup so like a lot of anticipation and money going into the build up behind this yeah. anticipated world, world cup, cup win because world cup world cup tournaments because it's series of matches yeah. and uh and it starts from ground up and uh and it happens once in 5 years and 5 years before that india was in finals with australia so india is a very strong team yeah and india loses the first match <laughs> and people here like burn their uh, statues effigies and, and all that effigies, yeah and they're like don't ever come back home don't even think about it you know and then the second match happened until date india made the i remember 400 plus runs in a single day and they became our heroes they were like oh my god they're the best they were just yeah. having a bad day and we judged them the whole country celebrating them and then there was a third match which was the deciding match that they go into the next round you know yeah. and this became so huge and huge trps and it was like there was no traffic on streets and it was a friday and then my movie was releasing that day and all the marketing people were just like obviously india is going to go forward because there is so much money behind them and there were like massive prayers going on havans going on pan india yeah people giving their hair in south and you know there was pin drop silence on streets everybody in their house watching that and that day the movie came out and india lost that match two people died of heart attack that's yeah. hilarious yeah. and that's i apologize that's how high the stakes were <laughs> wow yeah and 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 our little cricket movie came out oh. like no idea and cinema halls call our call our distributors and said please take this do- film back because our theaters will burn you yeah. know people will say we can't talk about cricket right now they were like do hafte purani filme chala denge ye nahi chalenge 
so it was a children cricket film the yeah. prince came back it was and my neighbor's money you know what oh was, this is that 50 uh, lakhs yeah 75 so what was going through your mind at that time i just didn't know i was like what to do like how how does that happen you know how does this like this was beyond me and how does something like this happen i was not prepared for so much external i you know i relied on the indian cricket team <laughs> so did the rest of the country yeah so did the rest of the country and uh, yeah just out of sense of responsibility i went to delhi and i and what was going on in my mind was like if i am unable to return this money to my investor a is my neighbor he just <laughs> he knows thought, where i live <laughs> yeah and he just thought that you know i'm this responsible girl and uh, but i don't deserve to make movies if i if i don't uh, return this film this yeah. money and almost like i have to that was sure. like there was no other choice so i went to my school and i said you know we used to i went back to delhi and i didn't know what to do so i went to my school spoke to my principal straight you know because there's no sense of hierarchy in my mind yeah straight i for any question i used to even go up to my principal and she's been so amazing um so i went to my principal and i was like you know we used to pay 50 rupees and see movies do you think we can um, you can collect 50 rupees from kids and i'll book a cinema i went to sapna cinema behind my house yeah and i said subha morning ka 9 se 12 ka show how much do you How, how much do you make they said you know we make 5 to 7000 i said i'll give you 10000 will you give me the theater for one show and uh, 50 and it is a 1000 seater single screen so one show 1000 kids 50 rupees per kid 50000 a show and i used to give the cinema guy 10000 40000 was mine so kids would collect the teachers would collect this money they came and this was the first my parents were there for the first time we saw a cinema full and we heard the breath of kids on excitement of the crescendo building up and the last ball and it's a simple underdog sports film you know underdogs win and the the how kids champion it so now the target audience was really seeing it and you could hear them gasp you could hear them you could hear that you know in the cinema and my kid my parents were standing there with like those 5 rupee dairy milk chocolates for 1000 kids to matlab aur uske 40000 ke bhi 10000 chocolate mein bachcho ke i was like do you realize the idea is to make money they were so excited to see yeah. somebody sampling the film yeah then i went to my college and i said you know 5 years ago i graduated from here and we all want to make movies i've made one and it's bombed for no fault of mine so i need interns to activate a school because it takes a week to activate one school and man i need more hands and legs on ground to do this i had 27 boys on bikes and i got them internship letters from the studio ad labs and there was a day in my life then where there were 15 shows running together across delhi um and 40000 per show hmm. you know and this was 2007 so uh then i and i ended up doing 350 shows damn girl that is awesome <laughs> that is awesome and then you had your first brush with the oscars yeah in 2010 with kavi uh, it, it was a short film um and casted acted it's a hindi language film and uh, it started winning festivals early uh, on and it was nominated in top 5 in 2010 and uh, all and 29 by 29 i'd lost both my parents 2009 what happened My mom had cancer, dad had kidney issues. I do think that the whole house situation really 
got on to them because they felt inadequate you know uh and they felt that they could not provide um and it was a huge blow but um it was tough by 2020 by 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 the time i was 22 i had bought a house in gk for my parents wow just and, like give that a moment yeah that's amazing yeah so with all that hustle i think both my dad and i made it work and we did buy a house for three of us but by the time that house was ready it was brand new by the time that place was ready they did not stay to live in it and i was so disillusioned i sold everything and moved to bombay lockstock barrel so when it got nominated it was 2010 um and all i wanted to do was with, to go with the first ad vikas chandra and the boy from the slums uh, uh, sagar salonke uh, i wanted all three of us to go to the oscars and wanted to raise money for all three of us and i was like yeah that's possible this is so huge and i'll get the money so i started writing to every rich person and the rich people i knew was richard branson <laughs> ratan tata you know yeah i so you just like googled and found their yeah, email ids their eas their pas and just wrote emails to the obvious rich pers- people that i knew and then i started writing to marketing people of uh, of airlines yeah you know just kept writing emails after emails to people i remember british air was saying If you ever come for BAFTAs, maybe we can support mm. this as an American award. You know, I was yeah. like, oh, shit! I just thought any airline because my <laughs> because my aunt used to work for British Airways. Like, I just knew that. Yeah. You know, I was like, maybe I can write to them. मेरी मेरी बुआ वहाँ काम करती है. And I got so frustrated that I wrote to the president of India, uh, Honorable Mrs. Pratibha Patel, and I got a reply from there, and they were like, you know, what are you looking for? And I said. I this is how I pitched myself and on every email I used to write I'm the pride of India. Nice. <laughs> and nice. and my film is nominated for an Oscar and I need to go there and you need to support me to go there. <laughs> so such entitlement entering into any room that no one can say no to me. Yeah. It's like you have to do this. It's almost like the guilt is on you if you don't support me. Yeah. Uh I was I genuinely believed it. Yeah. I genuinely believe that you know it's a huge moment and I'm the pride of India and I want to and it's the social responsibility of people to get me a ticket and get me a hotel and <laughs> yeah know, and allow me to attend the Oscars. And uh, I wrote to the I as I wrote to the president's office I got a reply and they said okay what are you looking for? I was like you know I cannot ask for this over the phone so I was like do you think I can come to Rashtrapati Bhavan and show my film <laughs> because I've never been inside Rashtrapati Bhavan so they were like yeah I was like do you think you can send me a letter and inviting me to Rashtrapati Bhavan then I can send that letter to Tushita at Kingfisher and then they can give me domestic tickets because I didn't even have that money yeah you know so I got a letter from Rashtrapati Bhavan Uh, saying that you can come it was a fax and uh, i sent that to tushita and she was like okay um uh, she's like okay so how many people i was like see in Ameri- if we had to go to la it was only 3 but uh, if we have to go to delhi can i please take the whole crew so it will be um um uh, be 24 of us <laughs> she's like i I can't give you twenty forty. I was like, no, there's sound person, theater. There's just so the three more actors. There's costume. All of us need to go to Delhi to the Rashtrapati Bhavan and yeah. enjoy this moment. And she's like, um, 
maybe I can give you 12. You know, this is a negotiation that's happening. So I was like, okay, then give me 24 one way. We'll all come back in a train. <laughs> She's like, that's you guys are ridiculous. I got 24 free tickets from Kingfisher. <laughs> we went to we went to Rashtrapati Bhavan to screen the film, and the screening did not happen there uh, because Mrs. Uh, our uh, Honorable Prime Minister was in a budget meeting, and I was just like, how can she not have 15 yeah. minutes? What's uh, prioritizing a budget yeah. over my movie? Yeah, like I am the bride of India. <laughs> my film needs to be seen before this mic falls down with my excitement. Yeah, know? so. Um, So I met uh, the science and technology minister then uh, Dr. Mr. Prithviraj Chauhan and he was like okay what happened the, the screening did not happen for the president so he said okay maybe we can screen it in my house and I will call some people okay and then I asked I said you know sir we really want to go to US I wrote to Air India and they did not respond and they said we cannot support you I wrote to everyone So he said, "I'll call the head of Air India," and he called up Mr. Arvind Jadhav, who was the MD Air India, and he said uh, three um, business class tickets. And while he was saying this, I stopped him and I said, "Sir, I don't want business class. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil nation's resources. I just want economy." <laughs> so just everything worked in a short period of three weeks. Wow! And I went three weeks in some hustle. And some hustle, some serious hustle. One thing with lunchbox, obviously, it's lunchbox is beloved by all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nimrat's character mm-hmm. deals with a lot of the issues we've been talking about in this podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, which is women doing a lot of unpaid work at home, and also the issues that 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 a lot of women face with being isolated, isolated in the home. Yeah. It's uh, I mean like like it's okay. Here's a question: Is that character is her character depressed? I mean, surely the character is loveless, but I don't. Um, I mean, she's found her day to day. It's like representation of you know day to day life, uh, which I think Ritesh got very very beautifully nuanced and uh, it's written very beautifully. You know, even if it is, there's no there's no awareness of yeah. depression. Yeah. you know so um she's found her life and she's you know um making it work with what is whatever she has whatever it has it's representation of many many housewives yeah 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 it's true and then i and i know after lunchbox came out that you yourself struggled with issues of depression yeah. Yeah, when Lunchbox came out, um, as I, I, I think I'd worked so hard. It was a combination of many things. It was combination of not addressing grief of the loss of my parents because I was just working. I was some twenty plus films down and seven years of just working. It was also the company I was running uh, was shutting down, and I didn't know what life held for me. moving further um and uh, i just saw i had also made five more movies that were not finding the release i was also by my immediate peer group and where i seeked my validation from also addressed as fluke you know that you've made one film it's so misunderstood because the structure of lunchbox was so 
so different but i lacked that support system after it the one that i've one that i always had because i'd put i think all my life into uh of uh, just working and finding my self through work you know defining myself because of work so the the identity of self the identity of um feeling that i did something significant was totally not there and in fact taken away you know so and there was a lot of grief and then all other loss got up so the blow was deeper it was a couple of years i just didn't know where what if i will ever see sunshine again i i could have done with more empathy at that point of time but it's also 28 29 by then and i think i've i had some divine intervention and went deeply spiritual and um current on a spiritual path where i used to just like show up at satsangs and just cry and i had no reason why and i don't know where it was coming from but there was just so much unexplained uh grief anger um that i had to learn to wo- walk through and now i have gratitude for that time you know now i only only have gratitude that if i had not seen that low i would not have valued everything that i have today and that led to being a part of such amazing projects it's led to period end of sentence and an oscar in now 4 5 years i was too dependent on people now i'm now all that validation is internal now all the dependency is internal and that spiritual practice i found my center and i found the balance i found the meaning i found um love and i could appreciate love yeah sounds awesome yeah sounds and awesome. you went on to get the highest accolade in the industry the oscar i produced a film that won the oscar i was an executive producer on it um you know so i'm not exactly oscar winning but yes sikya produced a short that has an executive producer in that won the oscar called peter end of sentence um this is such a typical womanly response like if i <laughs> if i had looked at the oscar in real life i would have been like yep yep i won it i <laughs> i have find it hard to say i won it uh but yes my um as a team we won it do you think that the place you're in right now is a place that very few people would get to if they had not had your set of circumstances and your set of experiences Yeah, I mean um it's already hard to find a producer peer group here. Yeah. I mean, I don't really have one. Mm-hmm. But here independent producing um people get exhausted after one film, two film. Yeah. It's very exhausting. It takes every iota of your energy. And you know, that's all you have, you know, in the larger scheme of things. That's what you bring to a project. <laughs> being exhausted <laughs> after a point yeah you bring your energy to the project and and it just sucks every little molecule of it to take a project forward which is you know not the biggest actor which is um so many finance people to manage which is a first time director so as a producer mm. it takes every molecule of sustaining the wave and then doing it all over again and all over again you know what sustains so, you i love telling stories 
and uh, i love being a part of dreams i love being a part of a journey so it was like i'll make this happen you know so i'm that extra bolt of energy that a project gets in like after i come on it goes 500 speed so i'm just that person who comes in expands make 100 things i hit in all directions because then one thing will land so it can get overwhelming for people who are very process oriented <laughs> <laughs> i can be a handful but uh, usually the hustle is what has made me who i am there's this <laughs> phrase uh that someone who is much older and wiser than me once said which is the ability to run blindly into the fog yeah. at a sprint yeah and some people really thrive in that yeah you know which is just not knowing what it's going to be or how you're going to make it happen or what the landscape is around you yeah but to just sprint into it yep and i think that sounds a that, bit like what you're describing yeah that sounds similar thank you for yeah yeah i don't work out but i like emotionally <laughs> and philosophically sprinting into fog at the end of every interview we ask the guest if there's one thing that listeners can do surrounding the issues of women in work is there one thing that you would uh, ask listeners to keep in mind or or look for this world will be a better place with more empathy you know we're so easy and quick to judge uh, we're so easy to put put women in a box yeah. we're so easy to define them by a certain parameter that we understand oh this one is like the quiet shy one or oh, this one is the talkative extrovert or oh, this one is punjabi money minded so firstly we need to celebrate each other when one woman rises 10 more rise and one door opens and 10 more walk through that door one can deal with less judgment and more empathy in day to day life yeah that's beautiful thank you thank you women in labor is made by christina mcgilvery Laura Quinn, Aditi Mittal, Manya Sachdeva, Sonakshi Chowdhury, Nandita Gupta, Sonali Thakkar, Ipti Patnaik, Rose Higgins, Porva Jassy, Regina Hawkins, Kashish Sethi, and Priyanka Verma. This podcast is generously supported by a grant from the American Center New Delhi. The opinions, findings, and conclusions stated are those of women in labor. and do not necessarily reflect those of the United States Department of State. For more information on the podcast, visit womeninlabor.com or search Women in Labor on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.